Hi there, it's Daniel. Before we get into this episode of No Dice, No Problem, I wanted to issue a content warning. The first 20 minutes of this episode features a conversation that references uh, car accidents and briefly firearms. Uh, so yeah, uh, that said, please enjoy this episode of No Dice, No Problem, where Drew and I become ghost hunters. I, uh, I had uh, a very interesting interaction at a comic book store today. Okay. <laughs> so I've been like, I've been doing this thing where I've been trying to, you know, uh, really um, listen to my inner child. And I've been trying to spend more time away from the computer. And I've been trying to, you know, really sort of engage in some of my like, the, the, the things I used to be passionate about, but were squashed by, mm-hmm. you know, either like, Actually, not family in this case, but like just like an ex of mine who basically just for like two years just like made me feel like shit for indulging in all of my interests. And one of those uh-huh. was comic books. And so I've been reading a lot. I've been, I mean, for the past year, I've been reading a ton of manga, but I started reading again like Western comics. And there is a comic book store. It's about an hour drive away, away, away from where I live. And I was on their website because. You know, sometimes they have flesh and blood singles that are hard to get downtown. And I just decided to peek at like their comic book selection because unlike some other stores in the city, they actually list their single issues on sale on the website, which is unheard of. In is Toronto. that is, that's just not typical, I guess? No, it's like people have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of back issues and you call the store. And they're like, I don't know, come into the store and find it. Uh, okay. But like the shop just has them all listed. They are extremely professional. And I had ordered a whole bunch of single issues. And normally I get it shipped because they're an hour away. Uh, Hot but I single issues in your area. I know, right? But I wasn't sure about how they would ship them. And so I was like, you know what? I'll go to the store and I'll pick them up. So there's this there's this series. Uh, it's by DC called Spirit World. And it's like... Oh, it's, it's a fun got, cover. It's a super fun cover. And um, it's I, I think... I don't know if it's a first, but it's uh might be the first like non-binary Asian like main like protagonist. And it, it Yo, really that... dives into the sort of uh, esoteric sort of aspect of Chinese uh, like folklore and like that font is drama. very, very Genshin impact, very Genshin impact, <laughs> like giant sword there. It's a six issue miniseries. Uh, that's actually a part of this entire uh, sort of. Chinese leading or uh, East Asian leaning run that DC is doing. Uh-huh. And so I went and I picked it up and I, I was like, you know what? I drove an hour to get here. Might as well browse the rest of the store and look for other things. They had a couple of the back issues of Keanu Reeves's comic Berserker. That is really okay. good. Um, but anyways, the, the story is not about me purchasing comics, but I was at the store and then one of the, the, the owners was basically talking, I don't know how they started talking about this, but they were talking about like open carrying knives, like pocket knives and how one guy's like, I got like, I I can't carry weapons because I have a criminal record or something. (laughs) Okay. And, and then just like, it was, there were like four Asian, one of the co-owners is Asian, the other guy's white. And then Uh it was me, two other Asian guys and then Sarah who's white. And these guys were all just talking about like, oh, you know, like I'm not allowed to carry pocket knife because I have a criminal record or whatever. Um, and the guys like and the other guys were just razzing this dude. And then I turned and I'm like, 
well to carry a knife here because I carry a pocket knife. And I had this, the, the, the pocket clip was sticking out. Uh-huh. And I like kind of tapped it. I'm like, is this okay here? And then the other owner was like, oh, is that a Benchmade? I was like, yeah, it's a Benchmade. I pull it out. And then all the guys, other guys were just razzing the dude like, oh, you hate on Benchmades. And it just ended up being this whole thing where it's just like, ah, oh, all of the Asian guys in this comic book shop were just all carrying knives. That's funny. Yeah. And we just all started talking about knives. Uh, it was just this weird thing to have. Yeah, I looked down. <laughs> I looked down at, at my uh, desktop and I just see like, there's a knife here. There's yeah, a, got- there's a, there's a. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, knife I got, here. I got this one here. <laughs> there's another garber. one here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about like Asian mask people and having knives around them. Yeah. That, I, yeah. And I, I've always just carried a pocket knife out of like habit. You know, being in the fields, yeah. doing that sort of stuff. And then you took that knife that Bench made. You handed it to the to the criminal record guy. He took it to look Take at it, it and then you revealed your badge and was, ha, <laughs> I got you, motherfucker. Entrapment. Back um, to the plink with you. <laughs> but it was it was just a, a funny interaction because all of the Asian dudes were just all packing knives and all of the same manufacturer. Um, That's funny. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, <laughs> I had a weird day today because then after that, we, we drove to pick up some food. And I w- we were crossing the street at like a crosswalk and you press the button. Everybody's supposed to yield for pedestrians. And this like Porsche SUV blows through the crosswalk with the, the yield light on. And they had their windows down. And I was just talking to Sarah and I, and I look at the driver and I'm like, oh, of course, white lady in a Porsche ignores it. And then <laughs> she, she drives and it's, I think she heard me. And then she stops the intersection and just turns and is looking at me as we're walking back to that's our funny. Car. And I'm like, is this white lady about to try to fight me? Like, she's Do just it. like looking at me and I'm like, let's go. Uh, and she's like looking at me, ready to like call me out or ready to like get out of the car and throw hands. And then another car almost rear ends her and they just start honking at her. She's like, oh, fuck. And just starts driving off. <laughs> uh, what a weird day. You know, <laughs> you know what I have learned or I've just, I feel about, um, Car cars are where everyone's prejudiced. Everyone's a bigot when it comes to car related issues. And what <laughs> okay. I mean by that is, you know, someone like, uh, you know, someone cut you off in traffic. Your it doesn't matter who they are. It could go right. from any stereotype in your mind. It could be little Asian lady to like Christian homeschool mom with like a with like the the kids. Stickers the on the stickers. back with yeah, yeah 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 to like to to anyone and in your brain you immediately go of course it's that kind of a person it doesn't oh, yeah. matter it doesn't <laughs> matter who it is you can see anyone your brain really goes ah, those I people. saw I saw a white lady <laughs> in a sports car and I was like fucking Karens fucking like, Karens and I ended up being right um damn it, cars <laughs> are where everyone gets uh racist and prejudiced every. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see a, you see a Tesla and you're just like fuck that person. And yeah, it, it could be anyone. You just you immediately just judge the hell out of the hell out of them. It doesn't matter. They they offended you on the road and you immediately go, "Of course it's that kind of a person." It doesn't matter oh. what that kind of person is. You just you're always going to do that. Dude, there's something about I mean, I talked about that story about the dude with the car, the anti-Chinese sticker on the car. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't need to tell that story again. But I was telling Sarah this other story about like just like road rage, but not even on the highway. I'm talking about road rage in like on like a quiet street. 
I was so there's a grocery store near <laughs> us, and this is like the the last place you would expect for a, a, like a road rage incident. But uh, relatively quiet. There are uh, two lanes either way, so it's four lane street, and uh, that is uh, the math. Yes, and uh, <laughs> there is a one guy is like I guess pulling out of the parking lot from the, the grocery store, and another guy um, is driving and kind of sped through a yellow. And the other guy basically drove alongside him and the guy who had almost hit the, who basically wasn't yielding, Mm -hmm. uh, they started yelling at each other and the dude driving parallel to the person started ramming his car against the other guys while they were in motion. (laughs) While they like like trying to sideswipe him off the road. Sideswipe, like no, not even like, like, yeah, just trying to sideswipe him. You're trying to pit maneuver him. Yeah, you're trying to get him. But this is in like a quiet residential. <laughs> and like, I, I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand why people just kind of. I, I guess there is you're in this heightened emotional state when you're driving because you are in a, a metal box and you're flying. Across the ground at a high yeah. speed. Yeah, I just, love uh, watching like on YouTube those compilation videos of like road rages or like there's, there's a subreddit um, idiots in cars. Oh yeah. I know that one. And I love, I love that kind of stuff. And I, at this point though, I've watched enough of it to know that I'm just terrified vaguely of anyone who gets out of their car during like, like on the road. Oh yeah. Anyone who hops out of their vehicle and starts walking towards you. I'm like, all right, it's time for me to die. I guess it's, it's, well, this is my time. Goodbye. Uh, I remember seeing someone. Uh, there was a video where this guy was on a motorcycle uh, and you're watching from the dash cam behind him. So like in like a regular car. OK, the car is tracking the guy on the motorcycle. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. OK, it stops. Everyone stops at the light. The guy on the motorcycle gets off of his motorcycle grabs a fireman's axe like a fire axe oh shit like like a red like the red like yeah out of a holster on the bike it starts walking towards the car and i was like good god like dude i have sarah's gonna kill me because she's probably listening and she says this all the time she's like oh when like daniel is recording a podcast he's always telling stories that i've never heard of Okay. So, so okay. I have another story that's very first of all, was that motorcycle like one of those like they've got like the big packs on the back and no, this you know, was like a box? sports. Oh, okay. So it's like a sports sporty. motorcycle that just yeah. happened to have a fire axe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, when you were describing it, I was like, oh, it's one of those like motorcycles that people use for like those long road trips and they got the metal boxes on the back and they're all like decked out. No, yeah, it no, was like, this was like some a Kawasaki dude... with yeah, an yeah, axe. yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. This this was like a Yakuza thing. It wasn't really, but it had that vibe where it was like a jet black, like Japanese motorcycle. And everything oh, yeah, was like sleek in, like and angular. In, like in John Wick when Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah when, he's, exactly. when he's on the horse and there's the motorcycle. Yeah, on that, yeah that movie Katana. that I've definitely seen. God, I can't. I, <laughs> it's in my top three, baby. Never seen it, though. I can't believe you still haven't seen all the John Wick movies. And we talk about them all the time. Yep. It's a great scene. Oh, God, that bothers me. It's a great scene that I've never saw. Oh, scene. man. Well, well I, but I anyways, I was going to say I've been in a similar situation where um, you where somebody has like pulled something out of a car and you 100 percent know something bad's going to happen. Uh, except yeah. I was in the car when the person pulled the thing 
and they were it was the driver who pulled it anyways it was in we were in jordan and this was when i was there in 2011 and we had gone to this sort of remote mountain area near the town we were living in Mm -hmm. um to have a barbecue with some friends uh so everybody brought we we had like a cookout on the mountain it was super nice anyways uh we were driving back and the guy who was driving um his name is adele and he's super super friendly but kind of a hothead he's he was like racing uh, voice though he's in his like 40s now and so he wasn't like like a like a young guy back then and um Anyways, we're driving and these younger dudes got to be like in their like late teens, early 20s, drive up next to us on this like remote road. There are no street lights. We're, we're like, there's like ruins everywhere and stuff, right? And mountains. And they've got this like souped up car. And by souped up, I mean like they've got lights underneath it. So it looks like, you know, it's got the RGB or whatever. I don't know anything about cars, clearly. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yes, yeah, the RGB dr- lights that are RGB on, lights, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, the you know. Corsair, whatever. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my Corsair <laughs> Vengeance SUV. And they start driving alongside the car we're in. And it's me and like all these other archaeologists packed into this car, like, yeah, like yeah. clown car style. Yeah. And, and your logic start, Jeep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And they start driving fast alongside us. And it's just like, okay, cool. Adele, slow down so they could just pass us because it's one lane either way. And then he starts speeding up and starts racing these people. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And they start doing this. And then he pulls ahead because there's like another car coming typical. And they go behind and he starts braking. And we almost get into a car accident. And so he ends up driving and we end up in this basically what is a suburb. And these guys get out of the car and you know when people get out of the car to approach you after there's almost an accident shit's gonna go down and where is daniel he is sitting in the middle of the back seat on somebody's lap that's funny and i'm sitting here and they basically start walking towards us and the driver who was one of the uh like basically workers on the dig yeah has a bat or is effectively a bat a wooden stick I don't think sure. baseball is popular in Jordan. Uh, has a a wooden stick designed to be a weapon, basically next to his right leg, and he pulls <laughs> it out. And sure. I'm like, dude, you have like five or six foreigners in the back of your car. We're in the middle of nowhere. It is dark. What it what what is going on? We're all yelling at him. We're like, dude, what are you doing? We should get get out of here. And these guys see that, and they pull a big ass knife. And what ends up happening is they pull the, the worker's arm out of the window of the car and they're threatening to cut off his fucking arm. I don't think they would actually do it, but it's a, there's a lot of testosterone here and yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. just like freaking out. I'm not going to pretend I was being tough. We are sure, freaking sure. out. Be like, You're Yo. sitting on someone's lap. You I'm sitting on tough. someone's lap. We got to get out of here, right? Um, and just lights start going on on all of the houses nearby because <laughs> I guess people are hearing a lot of English being spoken and just people just start rushing out of the houses. And I'm like, we're going to die. <laughs> and it typical, like, and then this like old dude comes on and is like, yo, calm the fuck down, calms everybody down. And this is like the worst part. Our driver. So the guy who, who our local friend 
ends up being related to the two dudes he almost got into a car accident with. Because it's like a small town. Everyone's like very distantly related. And the old guy's like, you know each other. And it was like one of the most stressful nights of my life. Yeah. So like, I'm going to die here sitting on somebody's lap in the backseat of a car. No I'm going to end up on, on live leak. You know? <laughs> it's just, oh, it was just the, it, yeah. I just think driving brings out the worst in people. Moral of the story is like driving brings out the worst in people. You don't know what's going on in somebody's head. Yeah. It's like everybody just chill out. Yeah. Chill I mean, out. so, so one of my harrowing like car stories is, uh, we all, okay. If anyone has listened to me talk for like more than 10 minutes ever, um <laughs> okay. uh, uh, we, we all know that i rep st louis and i'll rep st louis until the day i die okay. and i think that people's um people's perception of st louis is horribly marred by how the media covered st louis uh uh after michael brown was shot especially and everyone wanted to laser focus on it being such a dangerous city when in reality, it's not. It's like any other, and there are just some places maybe you shouldn't drive at, at night or walk at night. Every, every city's got that. Every every place that has people has somewhere that you probably should not be by yourself at. Um, and, you know, but that being said, I live in a country with 400 million guns. You're bound to run into <laughs> one of them at some point. Um, we're driving on uh, on the loop. Uh, for those who don't know, the loop, uh, the Delmar loop is like a, a major sort of culture business food place. You know, okay, it's, so it's, it's like a, a hip, hip sort of uh, yeah, yeah, happening yeah. area yeah. where all the youths yeah. go. You know, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and so we were driving on it, me and my friends, and I, like usual, I was the one driving, and we get cut off by this big like big black truck, like, like a souped up F one fifty with oh, the God. wheels jacked the fuck up. And, okay. and, and the, the windows are tinted to a degree that you're like, well, oh, that's probably not legal. Uh, and, um, uh, my friend, I shall not name this person, but my friend rolls down her window and yells out the car after we get cut off. Fuck you, bitch. Oh God! <laughs> and I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? We're gonna die! We're gonna die!" And I see the window roll down. Oh no! And I look over and I see the barrel of a Glock. No, pointing no. at us. And I go, "All right, time to go." And I just go, "I'm so sorry." That's <laughs> fucking. I hard left. I almost caused a car accident, but I'm like, oh, "We're getting the fuck out of here." Squeak. And you what know? kind of car are you driving for context uh, to paint a full picture? Point, I was driving a shitty little Nissan Altima, you know, so oh, I'm just a, I'm just a little boy against a gun in a big truck. This and, is going to be the uh, first episode of No Dice No Problem that needs a content warning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you know, sometimes you listen, if if. If the car looks like it belongs to someone with a fragile ego maybe don't maybe don't poke that bear you know and then another reason to make assumptions about people and their car choices yeah 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 if you <laughs> see some dude driving those little cube cars you can yell profanities at him he's not gonna care 
or do you think those people or maybe those people are or don't pick a fight with those people because they might be so confident that their car doesn't need to be yeah but they're so confident that that they won't fight with being yelled at yeah yeah yeah, okay 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 because they have they have a they have a role like alpha ego in a healthy way you know they're like that's fine that's fine yeah yeah. i don't need this yeah I love God. I don't need this. I don't know. Whatever they say. <laughs> I love God. I love anime. I love- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you see, yeah, if you see something, if you see a car that looks like it belongs to toss toxic masculinity, don't don't antagonize it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I drive a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> I, I drive Sport. a Sport. Dodge Journey SXT. <laughs> Uh, I'm just I'm I'm nondescript. <laughs> <laughs> I drive the same car as most of Toronto. Um, yeah, yeah. I God. see lots of Dodge Journeys. No one ever cares about Dodge Journeys. They're fine cars, but they're not so good nor so bad, nor so expensive, nor so cheap that anyone cares. You you went from basically saying, you know what, St. Louis. It's like people just have this image of it being super unsafe. Too. Here's a story where my friend basically shouted out the side of the car and somebody pointed a handgun at us. Yeah, but that could happen <laughs> anywhere. That's true. Uh, not. Uh, I've not. seen so many like uh, road rage incidents where that kind of shit happens on the side of a highway in buttfuck nowhere. Oh yeah, in, in the you space. Know, that that can happen. Yeah, in the in the in, in America, the goddamn U.S. of A. You know, land of the free to discharge a pistol at me. Yeah. Do you, do you think if you had a choice, a chance, do you think you would just leave the States and nah. you just stay yeah. in America? You don't want uh, to leave listen. faithful to miniature market. Where, where else faithful. is going to be a miniature market? You know, um, I hold no such attachment to the U.S. that I would not move, like no matter what. It's just it would take some really significant personal life changes like that was because of the u.s you yeah know you're not saying? you're not tied to the u.s you're tied to your community yeah if we you get a chinese exclusion act of 2024 i'm out yeah peace not because i wanted to be they they told me they, to. they they've like, excluded you <laughs> yeah they've i've been excluded i'm out yeah um but you know i just my family's here my totally. friends are all here well my friends are not all here but you know, I got my, I got my locality. I have my place. We we were funny enough. We went to dinner with uh, Sarah's extended family. Yeah. Um, first time we've seen them in in all together in years. Cause pandemic and everybody's all over the place. And uh, Sarah's uh, aunt and uncle, they live in Port Stanley, which is about two and a half hours from Toronto. It's like a little like beach town uh, okay. on like I think it's Lake Erie. Um, but we went down there and it was like really nice. Lots of Asian people too. Nice. Um, and uh, everybody kept asking us, oh, would you live here? Oh, would you would you move here? I was like, oh, it'd be nice to be here. But like, I, I kind of am like firmly rooted in Toronto. Like my parents are there. Sarah, Sarah's parents are there. I don't think we'd like move two and a half hours away. What if, you know, somebody needed to be taken care of? What if I, you know, there's a medical emergency or something like that. I, I just don't think that I could leave like you, I, I don't think I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm never leaving Canada. It's more like I'm never leaving like my immediate community. Yeah, no, exactly. 
Yeah. Um, the only place I would consider moving right now would be Toronto, but that's just because I'm I I know where I'm landing. You know. Yeah. Because of, I think of you, all my friends. Uh, I think you are. I think you'd like Toronto too, and I think, I mean, there's certainly a lot of opportunity for people with your skill set in Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like heritage is also very important here in not just Toronto, but, you know, in Canada, there are a lot of small museum jobs, larger museums. Yeah, there's jobs, a lot of good like history. Totally. There. Totally. There's no Daniel Boone home. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure there are plenty of other places that are like it. You know, I think in Toronto, we got Black Creek Pioneer Village. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't know uh, what it originally was, but it is a historical site. Um it is it is an open air heritage museum in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I don't know what it was. Uh, it was over forty nineteenth century buildings. Oh God, step into eighteen sixties Ontario, something I know nothing about. Oh yeah, well, you're an interpreter; you can interpret it. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be fair, when I walked up to the to the Boone home, I knew nothing. Black Creek uh, Pioneer Village is really cool, actually, because they, um, I think, everybody goes as a kid as a school trip. Um, but the now they've done just like that. Now they've done things like, uh, they do, um, an escape game in the, in like the village where they have like all the staff are in costume and it's like apparently really intense. I've always wanted to do it. Um, I actually think it would be fun to get like a whole bunch of like our community together to go and try to take on the, uh, escape game there. Oh, you know, I do Pioneer that village. Sure. I, I, I think but Agatha and I did uh, an escape game together because uh, Jade, uh, formerly of Asians Represent, um, designed the escape game at Pioneer Village and at Castle Loma in Toronto and got Agatha and I tickets. So Agatha and I went and it was, and I think Agatha could attest to this too, it was like the most frustrating evening for both of us really? because everybody was trying to figure out how to do these puzzles and they were just so off. And the entire time, Agatha and I were like, okay, we know how to do this, but everybody's in the way. <laughs> and it would we just had to step in every single time to solve the puzzle. And we just kept running out of time because people just, ugh, it was very frustrating. But I think it would be really fun to get a whole group of people together, like Asians represent people, to go and just try to take on the Black Creek Pioneer Village escape room. That'd be a lot of fun. Yo, they have uh, ghost tours. Yeah, ghost tours are really popular in Toronto. Really? Yeah, there's like distillery districts, ghost tours. The Royal Ontario Museum does ghost tours. Yeah, there there are tons of like haunted Toronto places. I um, so I got. Am I allowed to talk about this? Yeah, whatever. Um, I was privileged to be there for like the one and only. Like paranormal investigation of the Boone home. Oh, yeah, you talked about this. You, yeah, I remember this. And it was a great it was a great experience. Um, I don't think ghosts are real. I am terrified of ghosts, but I don't think they're real. Just like I don't think on any average night there's a home intruder in my house when I get home. But, but I'm, I'm afraid I'm that there might be. I'm sorry, you you know. So are you? So you don't believe in ghosts, but you're still scared of the idea of ghosts. I'm scared of the unknown. Scared? Okay. Okay. I'm scared of the what if. I'm a I'm a nervous little child at heart. Honestly, uh, who's afraid of the world around him? And so, uh, you know, sometimes you got to I still walk up the stairs sideways because I'm afraid that something's going to be behind me. Or you do the thing where oh, it's like, oh, you're downstairs and you're the last one downstairs. And you got to turn off the lights and it's not you. You got to run, up, you you run up the stairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. A hundred percent. I have to listen. It's my greatest form of cardio is sprinting upstairs because I'm terrified to avoid the darkness. Yeah. But yeah. when I was at college, uh, we lived in like a. 
I would say semi-renovated convent that okay. turned into that turned into like a nineteen hundred early nineteen hundreds insanatorium and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, like when I was in college, we did a lot of ghost hunts and things like that. And so when I was at Boone, you know, I love horror. I love ghosts and stuff like that. I, I you like horror I, games? It's how we yeah, bond. I like horror games. I like a lot of um, those ghost investigation shows, regardless of what I think about the veracity of them. Yeah, they're just fun. Um, yeah, they're just fun. Uh, so I got to go. We went with a local-ish paranormal investigation group whose name I do not remember. Um, but it was a good time. We we split up and we went to a bunch of different buildings uh, on the site. Um, here here is why. Okay, I don't. Mm, I don't know how to word this. Maybe it's that I. It's not that I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in people. You don't believe in people's uh, accounts of the supernatural? Yeah, and that's not to say that they're lying. I believe that they believe that they saw it. There's something but far I scarier. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, people have a penchant for confirmation bias and yeah. uh, not separating their their dogma from their data, you know? So a lot of people who firmly believe that that the uh, paranormal exists must then interpret anything they receive as being paranormal. You yeah. know, they, they firmly believe that zebras are here and therefore when they hear hooves, they think it must be zebras, even though we cannot find any actual evidence that there are zebras. Um, I, I think I'm aligned with you on that. I'm not, I'm Thank not scared God, of ghosts. Podcast. Oh, yeah, I know, right? I'm not scared. <laughs> you know, uh, okay, before I, I get his minor detour, it's going to be a really funny podcast idea. If we just do a podcast in a haunted house, like a, like a, like a legit like haunted house, but yeah, we just yeah. don't acknowledge the fact that we're in a haunted house and we just do the normal no dice, no problem. Yeah. We just talk about yeah. whatever the fuck we want and we yeah. ignore everything, but we have cameras set up and we just <laughs> like all the different lenses or whatever. And we just, we're just like talking about poop. Yeah, we just ignore whatever's happening. I think that'd be hilarious. We make that's that's how we generate the evidence. It's because the ghosts get jealous. They we're not giving them the attention yeah, and we're, we we've got like our headphones set up so we can only hear each other and we can't hear anything around us. And we're just talking. we're in like black like, boxes. So we oh can't, yeah, <laughs> no, it's pitch black. It's pitch black. There's no light. The only light comes from the 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 little lights on the microphones or whatever. Yeah, we're we just even talking have, in the darkness. We even have it set up so that we have like the head rigs. So it has like the 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 IR lights. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, so that, it's looking at us. So we're in pitch darkness, but it looks like we're on an investigation because it's got the that sort of fisheye lens. Yeah, we're just sitting there <laughs> in like this this old old mansion, and we're sitting there in the in the atrium by the staircase. You and I are just like talking about whatever the fuck we want, and then all these cameras are picking up shit. There's like people in like big gowns walking by us, and we're just like talking about D and D. Yeah, yeah, but um. <laughs> Uh, so when we were there, though, yes, yes. one of my issues was like one of the big ones was dowel rods, like the not the dowel rods, dowsing, um, the, the dowsing, like dowsing rods. rods. Yeah, yeah. I hate dowel rods. No, yeah, uh, dowsing, dows, <laughs> uh, dowsing rods. I think are are horseshit. It's a it's a crock of nonsense. Okay, and you know because anything like that that has such a human element where you're having to hold it and every little every little difference in the alignment of your hands and just, you know, your muscle twitching can move it. 
which means it is just the most chaotic possible thing. I don't trust it. Like a Ouija board, it. like a Ouija board. Yeah, I don't trust. I don't trust it. I would trust a Ouija board over. No, it because there's always one. Per, but but there's only w- there's always one person who's working the Ouija board with you who's just trying to fuck with everyone. Yeah, I, I just don't trust the process. It's not scientific to any degree. Yeah. Um, but we're holding these. And so, you know, if the um, dowsing rods cross each other like an X, that was supposed to signify a yes. If they go away from each other, uh, so the opposite, then it's a no. And so we were in the Boone home itself asking like Daniel Boone and company like questions about them. And I was with these two older ladies who were the quote unquote dowsing rod experts. Oh, God. And so we're sitting there for like 45 minutes. As we're asking questions and then I made I made them mad. I mean, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what did because, you say? Um, because I felt like there were. I felt like there was so much quote unquote evidence of the paranormal that by God, we need a TV crew here. If, if, if this is real, we're getting so much evidence. This is too wild. Yeah, what, why don't we have anybody else here? Yeah. Basically what I mean right. by that is it was too nice. It was too much evidence. There was too much activity. Does that make sense with the dowsing rods? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were saying yes and no to it every little question we asked yeah if they were if they were actually right like shit should be moving all around you you'd be like on the ceiling like also yeah okay yeah 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 yeah. um also when i held the dowsing rods nothing happened because you don't you don't you don't have the gift that's what they don't have the gift i guess yeah they literally went you know, they went, well, it probably means that they just don't like your energy. And I'm like, you just went like racist, my racist. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And I was just, I literally told them, they said, maybe the ghosts just don't like your energy. And I was like, that's fair. I don't like my energy either. I'm on antidepressants. But <laughs> regardless, I don't, I, I feel like this is nothing. And they go, well, just have an open mind, have some patience. And I was like, okay. So then I go, here we go. Let's I went in my in my brain. I was like, OK, we need better proof of the paranormal. How could I how could I pull actual evidence out of this? How could I use this yeah, as a scientific opportunity? Let us presume in this moment that ghosts are real and that they are truly answering all these questions. I'm going to ask a trick question. <laughs> Okay, what do you ask? I asked Nathan. Nathan Boone is Daniel's son. He was okay. the one who owned the oh, house. Oh, we're trying, we're trying to summon the uh, historical yeah, figures. Yeah, we're here. trying to okay, summon gotcha. the historical figures of the Boone family. Um, uh, and I said, Nathan, Mr. Boone. Challenge him on some historical facts. Is it true that five of your sons died on this property and immediately both of them go yes and i went aha you idiots i did i did, I did not call <laughs> you these two fools. old ladies idiots i said i said you, you fools only two of his children died and they were girls you got <laughs> fact checked nathan doesn't know his own family history <laughs> like what we have here is an imposter, a doppelganger. Yeah, it, it, 
I I walked away from that feeling like you I feel just really ate. smug. You feel really good about yeah, that. Yeah, I felt I felt oh, I felt like such a scientist. I felt like such. I felt like I was on the front page of R slash atheist. I was about <laughs> to tip my hat, my fedora, and go, my lady, and then walk out the door. We're we're know? gonna be the first people to die in a horror movie. We are the <laughs> first people to die in a horror movie. Yeah, 100%. it's not. Well, no, because I'm so terrified that I won't go in without someone else. But I need proof that there aren't any ghosts in there. But I don't believe <laughs> in ghosts. There is no monster in that basement. That is scientifically impossible. Okay, then go down there. You Absolutely go first. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> yeah. My I hypothesis is that there isn't anything, but I still need to test it. So I'd like you to go first to confirm. Scientific There's nothing here. down there. But if there was, I would die. So I still won't go down there. Yeah, so you're the, you're the character who uses the scientific method to survive a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. God, well, that'd I be a just, great character in a TTRPG. That would be fun. I, <laughs> it reminds me of um, all of my Delta Green characters because I don't look. I don't give a fuck about Lovecraft, sure. but like I like that's, the a, I, that's a pretty healthy thing. Too. I like I like the idea of like Delta Green. I like the idea of like oh. Uh, uh, sort of a, a covert organization that fights the supernatural. It's like everything you and I like, right? Sure, yeah. But like, I don't know about the world. I don't know about any of these creatures or like the GMs throwing clues at us and everybody's like, oh, let's be this. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And I just start zoning out. And so every single character I played is just, is either a not <laughs> yeah. a, a very scientific or it's just constantly like, whoa, what the fuck? And everything is brand new to this person. Yeah. Yeah, they're just, you know, your friends are like, oh, my God, it must. It's it's the Yellow King. And I'm like, you know, you're oh, just like what's the Yellow just, King who you're just like, that feels a little racist. But yes, I am the Yellow King. <laughs> the, the King in Yellow has arrived. <laughs> Hello, everyone. That, that is me. Hello. Yes. Yeah, I. Oh, man, the supernatural. I, I, I love the idea of like Lovecraftian stuff because I, I just love that sort of brand of cosmic or eldritch horror but yeah you like cosmic horror without the lovecraft without the racism yeah i i just enjoy cosmic horror but i don't enjoy dudes who name their cats the n-word you know yeah yeah and there's a lot of baggage associated with lovecraft um yeah there's just a yeah yeah. most of it just is just really racist and misogynist shit yeah i yeah when when cthulhu is supposed to be like uh, 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 an analog for immigrants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit. Like I don't, I don't fuck with that. Um, oh, actually, speaking of Cthulhu, there was um, so you know how I talk about my comic book story earlier, what it's like. Yeah. All the Asians just pull out their knives. Um, <laughs> there is, there is this. Uh, so Canada Reeves, the tongue, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time to be initiated. Uh, <laughs> Canada Reeves' comic Berserker. Uh, there is like a, a sequel, so it's a twelve issue miniseries, and then there's a sequel one shot called poetry of madness and so his character they just call him b but he is this basically immortal unstoppable warrior who has this urge for violence and throughout history all of these uh different lords have taken advantage of it and he has just kind of fought on behalf of all these kingdoms and in the poetry of madness he serves as the protector of the king of atlantis and so it's about the fall of Atlantis. And essentially what happens is this Atlantean king is manipulated by a cult into summoning Cthulhu. And Keanu Reeves fucking kills Cthulhu and rips out Cthulhu's heart, which results in the destruction of Atlantis. 
Fuck was yeah. not expecting. They were like, oh, it's Cthulhu. I was like, come on. Oh, he's killing Cthulhu. Oh, Get he him. rips out his heart. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Great comic. Poetry yeah. of Madness. Worth worth reading. Um God. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't sorry, to circle back on the ghost shit. Yeah, go let's go back to ghosts. Because this episode's gonna be called Daniel and Drew Become Ghost Hunters. Yeah. I dude, I would go on an invest listen. Oh, hundred percent well, yeah, I, I think the point is we're not saying that we we wouldn't we're not open to the idea of it happening. We just we just don't believe yet. But we'd like to be proven wrong. I just think that whatever I experienced could be easily explained by other things. And when your I when your methodology for detecting ghosts involves some of the worst equipment in other fields like the k like the um what is it called the uh the emf detector like the k2 or whatever that people like to use that you see on like a lot of ghost shows Looking it up the, it's uh... like one of the worst rated emf detectors by like electricians for their actual jobs like it's not a good it's it's like you know it's like buying an electrician's tool off of wish it's it's bad <laughs> it's bad it's bad yeah you know, wouldn't wouldn't you want to have the most precise professional equipment to work with? Wouldn't you? Right. So we need. So what you're saying is we need like a like a James Cameron to get really into ghosts and just throw a ton of money. Yeah. Into I just don't. Ghosts. Yeah, I don't. I just don't trust a field of study. I, I won't even call it science. A field of, of study pseudoscience that pseudoscience. involves shitty electrician's equipment and the Xbox 360 Connect. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. Is that so, a, is that is that punching down on ghost hunters? I, no, not I don't at care. all. Not at all. We, I think this for the past it's like 30 minutes we've been punching down on ghost hunters. Listen, I'll punch down, totally okay. I'll punch down on well-intentioned ghost hunters and dice makers. It's fine. Yeah. Or no, I thought we were just punching down on Chessex because we're fighting a yeah, corporation. They're well intentioned. We're, we're fighting a corporation <laughs> yeah, it's, here. Yeah, I'm in that case. We're fighting a I'm corporation until they sponsor this show. Yes, at which point and then we fight I for will, them, and then we fight for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I'll start. I'll start. You know, dishing dirt on anyone that they don't. I'll want. be on Twitter just fighting people in threads. Yeah, just for Chessex. Yeah, I'll, as I'm soon as as soon as Chessex gives me a check, I'll start going on Twitter and just going fuck all of these indie. Self, you know, you know, self handmade dice. Now I want my dice. mass nah. manufactured. I Why would you mold want lines, shitty, shitty, rounded edges? Dice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I almost bought Chessex dice today. Actually, I didn't even think. No, no, no. We were at that shop, and Sarah was looking at the tiny little sets because Sarah wants to play D and D now. Okay, so, that's different, though. I know, but we, we, but then she was like, "We have so many dice already. We don't need this." That's that's good. Go. That's good. Yeah. Still waiting on miniature market, though, to let us know. If I think it's good. very respectable. I think it's very respectable for someone to have their first dice. She already had. Th- well, she said, I already you already got me a set. I got her a set of Chessex dice. But she doesn't need any more. Exactly. That's what she said. It's like she listens yeah. to no dice. No problem. Yep. Um, but my God. Um, so listeners, if you or someone you know has ever had an interaction with the supernatural, please let us know. Tweet at me. Either at Drew Kwan. Tweet at Drew Kwan, at Daniel H. Kwan, at AZNS Represent, or if you're in our Discord server, put it in the um, patron mailbox channel, or if 
you're not a patron, become a patron and put it in there. Um, let us know if you've had a ghost encounter. Let us know if you've had an encounter with a cryptid, with I mean, anything that is beyond the uh, sort of understanding of science. And we could do a follow-up episode where Daniel and Drew scrutinize your life choices. Dude, um, the no. <laughs> most believable cryptid is like Bigfoot, and they still can't produce any good solid evidence. Yeah, because everybody's like, oh, Strigantopithecus. And then, ugh. I wrote a paper on that, actually, in, in undergrad. And I, I looked at, okay, if it was Gigantopithecus or something like that, Gigantopith- and then I did a lot of research into Gigantopithecus's teeth, what would it eat? It would have to eat bamboo. Okay, well, at what altitude are all of these Bigfoot sightings, or I guess these Yeti sightings in the Himalayas? Okay, well, does bamboo grow at this altitude? Okay, this species of bamboo grows at this altitude, but it grows on really sheer cliffs. So could a Gigantopithecus scale those cliffs? Probably not. Anyways, I, I, I deep dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, and honestly, I the, the same way. What about, like, I think deep sea creatures? Like, I think before we didn't believe in giant squids. Definitely oh, like real. The whole, like Megalodon. Man, I hope it doesn't exist. God, the ocean's so scary. The, you know, here's my issue with like, oh, but we've only explored like 13% of the ocean. You know, we don't know. There's so much we don't know. Yes, there is so much we don't know about the ocean. Mm-hmm. But the vast, vast percentage of the ocean is just empty. Or it's these or these animals would not be able to exist at those pressures. Yeah, exactly. But the ocean you know, is just still so scary. I don't fuck with so the ocean. scary. I I I, I I used to be okay with that, but now I'm just nah. And it's not even the uh, the the sub. Not even that. I I think as I've gotten older, I've just been like. I'm more oh, the, the blue sky. No, that's the Twitter. Blue sky. That's that's the Twitter alternative. Yeah, blue sky sub. They they didn't get their beta code. Um, no, the uh, I think as I've gotten older, I've been more inclined to be like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm out. <laughs> as I've gotten yeah. older. So I definitely have um, thalassophobia, which is the fear of like deep, dark or murky waters. Yeah. And and it's just my understanding is psychologically, it's just really tied to like the fear of the unknown, because I feel the same way about deep space. I feel the same way about being in dark caves I think I, that's a I'm reasonable just, fear, though. Yeah, it's not irrational, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like you, the Fuck ocean that. is so vast. Like we were <laughs> when we were in Port Stanley, we like there was a beach, but it was like kind of windy, and there were like really big waves, and there were people swimming in in the lake. And I was like, first of all, that water's gross. Second of all, I was like, yep. God, what if you get swept out? And then I was like, oh shit, I'm just a an yeah. older, judgmental dude now. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, used I, to... I don't fuck with that anymore. I used to take like swimming lessons when I was young and we would have to like do like the, 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 the backstroke or whatever, the back pat and whatever, you know, and we'd have to do it, you know, across this giant like YMCA pool and back. And it didn't just go to 12 feet deep. It went down to like a 30 feet. It was like a big, Yeah, it had, it had a, it had a diving board. So then, yeah, yeah. But we'd have to swim across that area. And in my brain, in my brain, it's, it's perfectly clear water. But as soon as my back turns and I can't see it, my brain goes, a Kraken is about to break through the bottom of this pool Dude. and fuck my whole business up. Man. There used to be what I was doing. So I was a, my brother and I both did competitive swimming for like a really long time, mm-hmm. like training, like morning, afternoon, like hardcore. Hated. I will never go in a swimming pool unless I have to now. But um, <laughs> when we were younger, 
there was this pool that we used to go to. This is before we got my dad really made us like train really hard. We used to go to this pool, and they used to have this little window in the deep end, and I guess it was near the maintenance room. So the I don't. It it was just weird observation window in like a community center pool. The maintenance guy just gets to stare at you the entire time. Really creepy. Hello there. It was in the deep end, and it was always dark. Mm, And so I all for me it was always like they're just gonna let something out, and somebody's just gonna like chase me. And I would always swim faster when I was near that window because I was like someone's gonna get me. Yeah. Like that shit's. I I think it's safe to say that we are very happy on land. Um. And we're very risk averse when it comes to things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I also read yeah, a like Loch Ness it. book, like a Loch Ness fiction horror okay. storybook when I was probably a little too young. And so let me tell you, being like an eight year old and reading about someone getting bitten in half by, um, by the Loch Ness monster. Uh, yeah, by the Loch Ness monster really fucks you up. You know, we have one even in if you go on to the Loch Ness. Yeah, we've got like um, our own lake monster. You think you do? I believe yeah. you think you do. <laughs> Wait, it's <laughs> called it's called Ogopogo. Okay, that's a fun yeah, name. It's in uh, British Columbia. It's in a lake called uh, Okanagan, but it's also okay. supposed to be like a like a sea serpent type thing. Does it have like a particular origin to it, or I'm gonna I I pulled it up on Wikipedia to check because it's like a thing What's that most called? Canadian Ogopogo. It's, Ogopogo. It's spelt the way you think it is. First thing um, I get is Ogopogo beer. But uh, Okanagan Lake is the largest of five interconnected freshwater fjord lakes in the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia. Uh, but the origins, I think, are rooted in some indigenous uh The basic indigenous wiki myths? says some scholars have charted the entity's development from First Nations folklore and yeah. widespread water monster folklore motives. Yeah, that that's that's the Canadian Loch Ness monster. I love how the explanations are. It might be an otter. It just might be an otter. You never know. I mean, good for that otter. That otter yeah. has achieved a legacy. It really has. And most can most otters cannot say that <laughs> that they that they they started this uh, uh, multi uh, multi generational myth about a lake monster. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, I don't know how we got on this tangent of. We're just afraid of. We we went. Yeah, we're afraid of everything. We went from weird interactions at comic book stores to me almost fighting a rich white lady to me having a gun. You getting a gun pointed at you to then us shitting on ghost hunters. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't even we didn't even talk about one of the most important things that's happening this month, and it's Big Bad Con. We are going the most spooky thing. The Uh, most spooky thing, dude. Of course, I as. As Big Bad Con approaches, I am regretting some of the panels I submitted because we could have done so much. We could have done so many spooky things at Big Bad Con. Yeah. And I regret not submitting those as events. I love what we submitted, but. You know what I think is probably the most spooky thing about Big Bad Con? What? Paying for it. But it's not so spooky because you, our patrons, helped support us in this time of need and helped pay for me to go. So it's not that scary now. Yes, that was that drew you sounded like a podcaster there i i'm yeah. a two-time any award winner i have to sound like a podcast you do there is a lot of pressure that comes with. i it, really yes. cannot claim any credit for that first one but i was technically around for that first one so i'll <laughs> count it 
you were you were you were you were you were there you were you earned it do you yeah have, I, I was do you have an any medal by the way for that i have yeah for the second one but for the first for one the first for the first one no because the issue was is that they i'll bring it to you couldn't got, send out enough i got i got an extra one i got if you, you bring it to big bad con i'll wear both of them i'll bring it to big bad con I'll wear both of them the just, entire time. Just they, they just hit each other. Clink, 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 clink. What, clink, what if I time. just like tie them to my belt loops on each side? <laughs> I thought you were gonna spin them around. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I just by turn into nunchucks. Yeah. Oh god. Um, or bolo, like a bolo. You throw that. You tie them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody I by just the legs. like. I just like take out James Case. You know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> or something. I just Is James Case going. I really I hope don't know. So. I love. I James hope Case. so. Um, but I'll just take out someone in the industry that we know. <laughs> Amazing. The, um, oh, dude, I'm really excited, but yes, thank you. Like our, our patrons really, you know, made it possible for, you know, so many people to go to big bad con. So, um, I ended up getting a scholarship to go to big bad con. Um, but our, and so did Agatha. We ended up setting a, uh, we have a budget for every now we have a budget for every con we go to and we, we kind of said hey this is the budget for big bad con and we were able to use that budget to help alleviate the cost for like emma liana and you uh true mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I don't make a lot of money so I'm super grateful for the patrons uh we're super grateful for you know any of the interaction that we have online uh if, if you're not a patron we're still grateful for the fact that you listen to the show um but yeah super grateful for those who have um supported us you know throughout the years uh it will make probably like the the biggest reunion of asians represent possible because you're going emma's going i'm going liana's going agatha's going steve's going hell yeah we're just missing jeremy jeremy decided to move to the uk sell out god uh but we've got a lot going on at big bad con um we have we are doing an archaeology and world building workshop that is now completely full um, oh hell yeah! Yeah, that yeah is, I kept getting a bunch of emails about. Uh, oh dude, I get I an in, email counting because I because I submitted all these things. I get an email for every single sign up. Yeah, um, I only get the emails for the um, the archaeology the workshop one. one. Yeah, but that one completely completely full. Actually, like a day after it was announced, uh, we have another one on cultural consultants. Uh, that's going to be myself, Agatha, and Senfung Lim. Uh, still spots in that one. Uh, we are doing one on TTRPG freelancing. You are in that one as well, Drew, alongside uh, myself, Jackie, Bashir, Emma, and Liana. Uh, there are still spots in that one. Um, and then we're doing a big sort of Clayorama battle royale. A couple spots left in that one. Uh, depending on how uh, registration goes, we, we may cancel that. Not sure yet. And then, of course, you and I are going to do a lot of No Dice, No Problem. A ton of it. Uh, oh, yeah, very yeah. excited. Um, I'm also in a couple of other panels. I'm in a panel with uh, Danny Quach, uh, Michelle Wynn Bradley, uh, Cage, uh, Sebastian Yue, Alex. I'm I'm miss I'm messing up some last names, uh, but I'm in a panel called "So You Made a Thing, Now What?" Kind of talking about uh, what to do with your first adventure, or if you've recorded an entire season of a podcast, um, what now? How do you market? How do you network? How do you share your the thing you've created with yeah. the world? Um, I'm in another, uh, Steve is in a panel called, uh, creating content in TTRPGs with a whole bunch of amazing people. I believe that one is being moderated by Michelle Wynn Bradley. Uh, Steve's in that one. 
Uh, I'm in another panel with Michelle uh, called um, Pitching Your Ideas. So it's a, it's essentially like, hey, how do you create your own IP? How do you make actual plays? How do you collaborate with you know people? How do you pitch to publishers and, and networks and whatnot? Uh, so that's Michelle's moderating, but Aaron Catano Saez is in that legendary voice actor alongside uh, Banana Chan and myself. Uh, and then I believe I'm in one other panel. Um, I'm really excited for this one because it's fantasy world building and you. And it's basically a ton of one shot network people. So yeah, I'm very excited cool. for that. Uh, I've got a really busy schedule. Um, <laughs> yeah, mine's not quite as busy. I don't. I too busy. Actually, I should probably actually look at the the schedule yeah. of things that I could go to. But I figure one other thing that you could do is we could also connect with folks who want to be on Agents Rep and we can kind of plan for future interviews. And I, we did a lot of that in Big Bad Con yeah. 2019. So I'm so, um, are you are you going to the. Um, meet and greet dinner, the meeting of the POC meeting and greet. Dinner I thing? am. I'm going as a like an industry mentor. Yeah, I couldn't get I couldn't get a ticket of any kind. Um, so. I did that last last time I went and it was fun. And then I'm also going to the dinner and I think Liana's going too. yeah, um, I, I couldn't get anything for any of that. Oh, oh that's, well. a, that's a bummer. Well, we'll we'll have to we'll do some informal things. We'll we ha- we have to plan like an informal agents <laughs> represent meetup. We're going to do like a ton oh, of just must. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> informal like podcasting. It's going to be a it's going to be a good time. But we're going to really make the most of this opportunity. Uh, I'm just very excited that you and I finally get to meet in person. Because we have never met in person before. How and, tall are you? Uh, I'm five eight. You're way taller than me. You're like over six yeah, I'm feet, six right? Three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just carry me around. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I'm super excited. I I'm already thinking about like because I'm gonna dye my hair. Like, how's your hair looking right now? Because you're wearing a hat right now. Like your your hair uh, is like has right the now. It's up. not very presentable, but oh, okay. Uh, it's still the pink up or it's pink on the sides. And then like a blue to purple blue on the top. Um, I need to I'm figure gonna out. I'm probably going to get redone before I go, though. So Yeah, I'm kind of like just like letting my hair grow out so I can then cut it. You should just go like that. You just, should just go like this, like the Dwight Schrute that I've got going on right now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm growing out my hair so I can kind of cut it before Big Bad Con. And then I'm going to dye it again. Because the last time I was at Big Bad Con, I had like turquoise hair. I'm not sure I, what I'm going to do this year. I still think we should go and get Healy's. So we can roll oh around. God. I don't think we have the budget for that. We don't have the budget for Heelys. Okay. We don't have the budget. I guess for if Heelys. you don't, if you don't want to have fun. No, 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 no. That's fine. But I guess. we should coordinate hair. Okay. I gotta figure out color. I gotta I figure out what color do. I'm gonna do. I don't know. I was thinking like maybe like a like a perp like a dark purple or like a like a magenta. I don't know. Kind of leaning towards that spectrum of colors. Yeah, I'll probably stick to somewhere in the the blue to pink blue, like blues, purples, somewhere in there, pinks. I'm also a part of it is also like I am. I'm I'm, I'm an introvert. I if I see someone like I know, I probably won't go and say hi because I'm just like awkward. Um, I'll, like don't having, worry. I'll, having, I'll do this having, for you. But having dyed hair means that people know where I am. <laughs> sure, you can sure. find me. <laughs> um, I am six foot three. People and I'm a big dude. People don't usually need my dyed hair to see me. They just know where I am. Yeah, the dyed times. hair is uh is is gonna be a way for people to find me because I'm gonna be far too shy. Uh, I I'm very excited. I hide behind this camera. I'm a keyboard warrior. Some people okay. might call me on the internet. Yeah, um, I am. Uh, I am an extrovert for sure. So 
Uh, yeah. I don't like necessarily being around uh, a ton of people, especially if I don't know them. But um, I, I do function best in like settings of two to six people, you know? Right. Like, a lot of people can be overwhelming. But I have no compunction against seeing someone I know and immediately going over there to say hi. I think it really depends. Like if I see you, I'm just running at you. Okay. I'm going to run. Yeah. <laughs> tackle. You want to you want to see my knife? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tackle you. Um yeah, like people I know really well, I have no problem with that. It's people who, you know, I I I don't interact with a lot like on an everyday basis. Um I just Sure. You know, and there's plenty of people that like I can pick you out in a crowd because I, I know I, I've been on camera with you so many times. I know what you oh, look yeah. like, but there are plenty of people in our community that I kind of know what they look like. And everybody's going to be or wearing I masks. Just, everybody's going to be wearing masks too. So it'll be, it's, I have a really hard time with faces. So I'm just letting people know ahead of time. Like if I don't say this, ha- if I don't say anything to you and maybe we cross paths and, and it might've seemed like we've like locked eyes or we've acknowledged each other. I might not have. Uh, either I don't recognize you because you're wearing a mask or I just don't know what some people look like because their avatars online are, are illustrations. Um, if I, if I, if I look you in the eyes and I don't talk to you, it is because I viscerally hate you and it's your fault, not mine. This happened to me at work. Not, not, not that I showed somebody that I hated, that I indicated that I hated somebody, but I was, <laughs> I went into the office, um, and just to do some work and we had like a social event afterwards, but I was just so in my own world that I straight up locked eyes with somebody who I collaborate with all the time. We had never met in person. And I just ignored her. Oh shit. But, but like, I didn't realize it. I was just like in my own world thinking about my work. And then afterwards, I, I went and got lunch and I came back and I was sitting there eating my lunch and she came up and she was like, yeah, what the fuck? I was like, oh, we've never <laughs> oh. been in person. Like I straight up didn't even realize that I might have ignored her. Um, um, I I make a lot of accidental eye contact in public right. because I if I see motion, I tend to immediately snap over and look like a T-Rex, which which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I only see things when they're moving. It's fair. Um. But when I do that, that can, I think, sometimes be an abrupt enough action to look straight at something that if that's a person, they then look at me and then it just makes it seem weird to you not know? say something or the fact that you've just went or just locked up or just that that it then looks like I have been looking at them. And that's just oh. weird. <laughs> see, I'm the opposite. I wouldn't have noticed. I wouldn't have noticed at all. I just... my my eyes are like a steel a blunted steel trap. I think I just, don't have very good vision. It, what is it called? Like I'm an, uh, an extroverted intro intro introvert. Oh, you're one of those people on Tumblr. I okay. I get it. I don't, I don't know. What's the, what's the, what's the way to describe the ambivert like ambivert. I don't know. People seem to I mean, think I'm extroverted, I think... but I'm really not. And you know, I'm not. Sure. I know you're not. I'll just like avoid. I had to think about that for a second. I avoid like people invite me to parties and shit. And I'm like, uh, Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I really appreciate being included, and I appreciate the thought. It's just so hard for me to like just be around like huge, really loud groups of people. Yeah, I function best when I am in a D and D sized amount of people. Oh yeah, I the uh, Flesh and Blood Canadian Nationals are happening uh, in Toronto this coming okay. weekend. 
And some folks were like, oh, are you going to come? Are you going to play? I'm like, first of all, didn't qualify. Uh, <laughs> second of all, um, even though there are like side events that anybody can sign up for, I don't know if I feel comfortable playing with a lot of people who I don't know. Yeah, I, I like, lots of people who I, I don't know. Like, I like the store communities that I've been used to playing with. I like how like we all know each other. We're friendly. I, I don't want to play against somebody who might ruin my, you know, idea of the game. Yeah, I listen. Um, I love miniature market. I, I'm obligated to say this. We're not sponsored, but I'm trying to. I'm trying We're to trying. sell We're out. Trying. I'm trying to sell out so hard. Uh, go go buy from them. They're great. But and say um, Drew sent you, and say say Andrew Nathaniel Kwan, a patient's represent sent you, <laughs> uh, and ask him about their affiliate program, and when that and why be you done. can't use no dice no problem as a discount code. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I go there all the time. I have been there also to play with a couple friends, but I just do not want to sit down and play with a stranger. Yes. I just do not. I do. Listen, if I'm at my table and you're over at your table, that's great. I'm hoping you're having the time of your life. I'm hoping you're having a great time that you're with your friends and just, just, a you know, life is stressful. You're doing your thing. I love it. Do not walk over to my table. Do not talk to me. It's not because I think you're a bad person. I just do not want that interaction. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when I was so uh, Jay and I were finally after a decade of never seeing each yeah, other. I saw that picture you posted in this. Yeah, server. yeah, yeah. So uh, Jay is one of our friends. Uh, he's also in our Asians Rep Discord community and stuff. And um, he and I had played. Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition when it first came out, like Adventurers we, League, we went to the the like the very first sessions ever uh, of Adventurers League right after fifth edition came out, and uh, I don't remember any of it really. It's other than it felt like a subpar experience of what D and D could be, and I still feel like it is. But either way, I. Uh, but we went finally after all these years, we reconnected through Asians represent. And then we went to miniature market and played Battletech. I showed him how to play Battletech alpha strike for the first time. Uh, he beat my ass, which was fine. I don't feel emasculated whatsoever. Over Not this. at all. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's, totally. it's fine. It's fine, guys. <laughs> it's fine. fine. It's fine. Um, but cry in your car. When we got there, we wanted to, it was during, I guess Friday nights is their local Star Wars Legion night. And so there's like 40 people there playing Star Wars Legion. Um, right. You know, there's a billion tables and they're all taken but one. But the table's too big for our game, you know, so it'd be kind of a hassle to reach all the way across two different tables to get to stuff. So as we're setting up, I look over and another guy is finishing up at his table. They're packing up. It's a smaller one, more suited for us. And I, you know, so I, I asked him if we could use a table and he goes, oh, yeah, uh, what are you guys playing? And I say, well, we're playing Battletech. And he goes, oh, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. And I briefly explained this, the idea of it, uh, you know, big Mexico shooty boom, boom. And he goes, well, I have to be somewhere in 30 minutes. Can I just watch? And I said, of course you can. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. But in my mind, I was like, bro, I hope you have some sort of fatal accident in the next five minutes because I really cannot handle some random stranger 
some random person there watching me failing to teach my friend uh, how to play a game that I only kind of remember how to play. Oh dear. Oh God. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the guy just never actually ended up sitting with us. I think he went to another table and, cause he was hanging out with them too or whatever. I don't know. Uh, so saved me from that conniption, but um, yeah. Yeah. This makes a... me sound like I'm a really mean person. Uh, no, no, no. It's like, uh, I am not, I am a very uh, acquiescing person and I love being around people. It's just that there's mo. It is not that I don't like being walked up to and talked to in a, in a fantasy shop uh, or a, an FLGS of any kind. Um, I just don't like a lot of people who are in FLGSs. But people have come up to you and they know Asians represent. They're like, oh, you're Drew Kwan. I did have I did have someone walk up to me in Miniature Market and was like, oh, you're you're a part of that Asians represent thing. And I was like, yeah. Uh, and that was a that was a nice experience. Um, yeah, I'm famous. Guys, I'm famous. You're famous. You're famous. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like the hardest part is just like walking into a store and being like, I'm going to play at this event. Like that, that, that's so tough for me. Yeah. It's so easy for me to go. I'm going to play a game with a friend. That's not hard whatsoever. But it's playing a game um, with a stranger. Oh God. Yeah. Especially since a lot of strangers who want to play the game have played it more than you. They know what they're talking about and they're going to correct you a bunch. And it's, they sometimes they're, they're excited to play. So they give unsolicited advice or they're really meta gamers. Like they're like, they just love to play the optimal ways yeah. And so they have a really like honed deck or honed team uh, or of miniatures or or whatever based on the game you're playing. And I'm they're there to win. Yeah. They're not there to make friends. They're there to win. And in their mind, that is making friends. And I just don't. I ain't about it. Yeah, I think that's why I stuck with flesh and blood, because I was really nervous about that because I came with basically. For for the magic, I guess more more of our listeners probably play Magic the Gathering. I effectively went to a store event where everyone's playing really tuned decks with a precon and yeah. a, a low powered precon. And I went in and I I don't think I won a game for the first month of playing. Mm-hmm. And I was going like weekly, and everyone was just so friendly and happy to like people were giving me cards to make my deck better. It's bulk, but people were like really wanted to help me. Yeah. Um, or being like, oh, you don't want to do that. You, sh- you should take that back. And we're playing in like a, you know, like a sanctioned event. And yeah. um, that that's kind of what brought me in. And now I extend that to any new person. So if I see a new person, I am I am there to offer support if they want it. Um, and I'll go to a new store if I know that there are folks from my local community who also play there. So I, I, I don't I don't know. New people are it's, it's hard for me. Um, but you know what I isn't difficult? Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Supporting us on Patreon. No, I was going to say answer, ans- answering questions from our patrons. We should do that. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we have a patron mailbox in the Discord server. Uh, so if you are a, a patron of Agents Represent, you can go in and ask us whatever the fuck you want. Uh, and we have some questions. Uh, most honorable, most honorable asks... In the Daniel and Drew get trapped in the apocalypse or zombie apocalypse scenario, what would be a bucket? What would be bucket list things you attempt to do after setting up shop? So this is inspired by a a, a manga and anime and a live action series called Zom One Hundred Drew. 
Okay. And it's essentially this zombie apocalypse happens. There's this uh, guy who works for essentially like a predatory corporation in Japan and his life sucks. And the apocalypse happens and he's like, oh my God, my life is so much better. And he basically sets off to write a bucket list of a hundred things okay. he wants to do before he gets turned into a zombie. And the whole story okay. is him trying to complete that bucket list. So the question is, if our lives somehow improved because of the zombie apocalypse. Mine would not whatsoever. Yeah, I, I love my life. Do you, think, do you think my life would go well? No. But what would be the bucket list thing you'd try to do if there was an apocalypse? There was no law. And you were, you were all set up. You, you didn't have to worry about shelter, ammunition, food, all that stuff. What would you want to do? Um, so, you know, tanks like like t- like like tanks, like the vehicles. Yeah, like the military. vehicles. Yeah, yeah. you'd want to drive a tank. Yeah, I just want to run over a car. That'd be really cool. And, and then fire the gun. That's real. Yeah. Right. Yeah, shit would have had to really go down for there to be a tank you could access. Like I want the um, I want the the drive. What is that company called? I think they're in Texas. It's like the drive tank. It, it, it is a it is a place that you can go where you can pay money to drive a tank. That's like cool. they have. Yeah, yeah. And you can fire it and stuff like that. They have a uh, a field where Oof. you can go and do that. But it's like 10,000. Like it's so much money. Oh, to God. Do this. OK. I mean, um, it's fair. So it's not yes. feasible uh, for for me, but uh in the zombie apocalypse that so drive a tank free. fire the tank drive over a vehicle in that in yeah yeah, yeah 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 i don't know what mine would be i like how mine's immediately violent in some way well i mean i think also having a tank would be you'd be relatively safe <laughs> without the rules i would just unleash the beast yeah the purchase for me i don't <laughs> oh god <laughs> there are people like that um oh my god yeah i don't know what i would do I don't know. I do think it'd be kind of fun to do the classic, like I am legend um, golf off of a building. Yeah, but I don't think that's a bucket list thing. I think there are things that would be fun to do. Like, oh, yeah. Are I, you gatekeeping my bucket list? No, right no your bucket. I did gatekeep tanks. Your, is your is your new bucket list item golfing off the roof of a building? No, because I'd have to walk up. I have to walk up there. Yeah, you have to walk. To There's no, no elevators. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I do like the I Am Legend and how he, he has his house all fortified with all the, the, the metal panels That's and everything. That's a good movie. That's you know? a great... I'm surprised you've seen it. Um, what the fuck? What do you mean? Dude. It's he, such a good movie. There's so many movies you haven't seen. We talk about it all the time. Anyways. Um, I think a tank would be cool, but like I don't want to take your bucket list item. <laughs> okay. I how honest, dare we enjoy the same thing? I honestly don't know. I, you know what? No, I think no, there no. are places that my okay. bucket list if I is was to go and grab the one ring car from posts, from Bo's Malone and throw it into the volcano. <laughs> Nobody's going to see it. Yeah, but it's for me. It's for me. It's for you. You know what? If I was in Toronto, you know what? I've, I've, Guillermo del Toro lives in Toronto and apparently he's got like a dope house with all his collectibles. That'd be cool to see. Now I have a question: Would you want to take any of that, or would you want to see it as it was probably be intended by, by Guillermo? See it as intended by Guillermo, and probably honestly, like a museum I almost, like a museum. But that would be my base of operations. That would be cool. Because in you this hypothetical, we're, we've already set up shop. So I guess me setting up shop, 
during the apocalypse would be in the ideal place that I would want to live before the apocalypse. I have a question. Okay. If you could pick any place that you have been to before mm. as the place where you would survive, like, like guarantee by some way, yes, it might be difficult to do, but by some means you survive the apocalypse in it. What's the building? What's the place you would want to be building? Yeah. Just like the place. I'm asking basically the what's your favorite place? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. in an no, no. apocalypse setting. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Um, the Canadian War Museum because they have copies of Ross rifles. No, um, <laughs> I'll uh, shill my own game even yeah. in the apocalypse. Yeah, the money oh. economy will come back someday, boys. You look, this is a high value collectible. I'll trade it for five bullets. Um, okay. The uh, oh man, that's a good question. You know, be dope. The Forbidden City in China. Yeah, that would be. Dope. It'd be impossible to defend, and I think it would actually kind of suck to defend because it's so it's it's very flat, right? It's horizontally vast. It's not very tall. Um, there are there is like moats, but I think it'd be impossible to secure, like the entire thing. It's I, just like too much to secure. Too much, and during the apocalypse, there are so many people in Beijing, too many zombies. But you know, forbidden forbidden city that would be really cool. Um, yeah. the Johnson Space Center that'd be cool in uh, mm. in Houston I think that'd be neat it's a NASA facility that'd be cool so I think yeah. for myself I'll stick with Forbidden City though I'll stick with that I, I have two that immediately come to mind the first one is the Pulitzer Arts Foundation here in St. Louis. I used to work there for a while. Let me look this up. Yeah. Uh, for those listening, the Pulitzer Arts Foundation is uh, run by the Pulitzer family um, uh, of Pulitzer Prize and, and media company extraordinaire. Um, it's a beautiful location. Wow. It's, it's it's designed by the architect Tadao Ando. Tadao Ando is a uh, Japanese architect who focuses on like lots and lots of concrete and um, like concrete minimalism, essentially big angular concrete buildings with lots of white plaster walls. Um, cool. Beyonce and Jay-Z recently bought one of his. Uh, they, they had, I think, I think they had him design it. It wasn't that they just bought one that happened to be designed by him. They commissioned the building itself. Um, and his idea uh, for a lot of his work is that, yes, it's it's very giant concrete minimalism, lots of white plaster. Very cool. Um, but because of the large windows that allow in lots of sunlight, despite the cold nature of the, the structure, it feels very warm. It feels very vibrant because of all that sunlight that comes in. Um, but I feel like. The glass front aside there's some there are some big panes of glass on the front yeah uh on the front entrance that aside well and it's got looks like something you could defend pretty well it seems i think you you could defend it quite well it is hemmed in by big stone walls too it is like that's massive cool. concrete slabs um there are gardens on the t on the roof so you could uh grow crops up and there, you could you could like probably that. guard it inside with these big windows yeah the difficulty would be the fact that it is smack dab in the middle of St. Louis. So you're in a big urban population that's now all zombies. That's rough. It would also be cool because I know you and I have both been there. The Acropolis. 
That would be cool. But we I wouldn't be able to survive like, there. There's like, there's like I, no shelter. <laughs> yeah, I too would like to die not by the zombies, yeah. but by accidentally breaking my neck while trying to descend on those slippery, slippery. Glass slopes. Oh my god! And Listen, the steps so, too—they're so worn in. For if if you've been there, then you know. If you have not been there, then the Acropolis in Athens, you know, all of those steps are made of marble. Beautiful. It's a beautiful. Uh, a place but those marble steps have been walked upon by thousands of people every day for thousands of years so that marble is slippery as glass it is like ice in the winter and so it is somewhat terrifying to go up and down those slopes uh yeah but it's it's well worth it it's a great view yeah (laughs) Yeah. i think i think the acropolis would be great but we wouldn't i mean we wouldn't be able to farm up there. You, it, relatively easy to defend. Um, well, you're just you're so exposed. To all the so elements. exposed. You have to no all the real elements. shelter because uh, the best you have are ruins. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you'd have um, to make brand new shelters. Yeah, it would kind of suck, but it would be beautiful. Um, that's why I think the Forbidden City, at least you'd have shelter. But then it's so cold in Beijing. Yeah, um, I and then think possible to defend. My my second choice that I meant I mentioned I had kind of two tied for first yeah. is the Daniel Boone home. So it's way out there in the county. So it's a little bit more isolated. It has easy access to land around it, easy access to farmland, lots of outbuildings. You know, it's almost all made of really big uh, stonework. You know, the French doors downstairs I could easily shore up somehow if I needed to. I'm gonna. You know? I'm going to pull up some pictures of the Daniel Boone. Anyone who's seen like the walking dead, you know, like Herschel's farm and yeah, shit. That's what it looks yeah, it's like. Got, it's got that kind of vibe. That's cool. It's just an old frontier. Uh, yeah. You can board up those windows. No place. problem. Yeah. yeah. It has access to, to running water, um, to, to spring water. It has access to, um, um, the Femosage river, which links up to the Missouri and thus, you know, so you have easy access to waterways. I, I I might also consider Casaloma in Toronto. Um, okay. It's beautiful. I think it'd be really difficult to defend. It's not near like a really, really dense part of the city, but there are just too many entrances. There's even like a secret underground tunnel that goes to residents across the street. Um, oh, nice. But then you'd have to know every single entryway into it, and there are no walls. It's not really a castle. It's more of like a manor. Yeah, um, when I did archaeology in undergrad, my first field school was not Greece. It was actually uh, Excelsior Springs, Missouri, which is like an old mineral waters, like mineral waters town that was founded on like the principle of like hydrotherapy. And if you drink this magnesium water, you shit your brains out. But that's, oh that's good for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, it, it, this was back in the late 1800s, early 1900s when different types of mineral water were the cure-all the hall of waters is a, yeah, it's a cool there. cool place you could go you used to uh. go there and like a bar order shots but shots of different types of water because there were like 17 different mineral waters in the in the town and so you had access to all this different type of water that's neat really cool place little cool like local history jesse james was born there um al capone reportedly went to the elms hotel there which is also a very haunted place reportedly uh, if you look at the Elms Hotel, it is a so beautiful tall. hotel. That hotel has no right to be that pretty in such a small town. Beautiful. Wow. But okay, it was built in the booming era of 
you know, no, not a lot of people lived there, but people in the thousands flocked there every day for those mineral waters. But during the Prohibition era uh, in America, yeah. when alcohol was illegal, it also became a den of um, uh, Prohibition era smugglers and, and mafia and things like that. That's cool. And so a lot of these places became speakeasies and um, the uh, there were tunnelers like tunnels uh, built connecting different buildings in the town. Yeah. Uh, in this like giant smuggling network, uh, there was a room supposedly built in the Elms Hotel where Al Capone and his gang could sit and where it saw all the different entrances into the hotel grounds. So he would know if the cops were coming. Oh, that's cool. Uh, mafia members like like uh, mob members like shot one of their own down in the uh, the pool area. Uh, lots of cool, um, albeit macabre history, you know, stuff like I, that. I feel like that would be a could, dope place to defend. I feel like we could do an entire episode of No Dice, No Problem where we just prepare really interesting historic locations to talk about. I, I've actually been thinking about that a lot of doing like a history segment on the podcast. Like a, like a segment where we each bring one really in, interesting, like cultural historical fact or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a 10 minute segment of just like, you know, a deep dive into a, something really specific. I like that. Let's, let's figure out a name for it or yeah. our audience can help us figure out a name for it. Um, but that's that that's most honorable, most honorable's question. We've got one more from Michelle. Um, so I started reading this manga called delicious in dungeon. And so it's oh, fun. It's cool. So the premise is that, uh, this hero and his party, they're, they're basically, um, defeated by this big dragon. Okay. And, uh, in a last attempt, he, he gets sent by their mage back to the start of this dungeon. And this dungeon is essentially this underground city where all this wealth is. And he wants to go back and save his sister who's been swallowed by the dragon. And in the mm -hmm. lore, the dragon's digestive system will take a really long time to digest her. So he has some time. But <laughs> no, not it, including the fact that like you would die without water, the, the mechanical components of being swallowed. Yeah, totally. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, they don't have enough time to go and get supplies at the surviving party members. And they're also broke because they don't have any good gear. Sure. And so they're like, well, we don't have any supplies to even survive being in the dungeon. So he's like, you know what? Let's just eat whatever's down there. <laughs> and okay. the whole premise is like, how can we cook what we kill? That's fun. That's like, a fun oh, idea. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's a really cool premise. There's an anime coming out. But I was talking to Michelle about this on Discord. And so Michelle asked, um, if you could eat one fantasy creature, what would you eat and how would you cook it? And you I know, feel like this is a whole episode. A so, oh, the you know bullet, how in D &D there's the dude. Bullet? My party. I, I got TPK'd by a bullet in in Baldur's Gate in three. Yeah, yeah, that one's rough. Uh, have you ever fought the bullet and the spectator at the same exact time? No, the bullet knocked me into a chasm. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it just nice. came up, and my entire party went into chasm. I would turn the bullet into something like a okay. um a soft shell crab. But not because the bullet becomes soft. It's because I harden my teeth and my jaw muscles to the point where I can crack that open. Interesting. Interesting. I want to eat the bullet. One of my favorite animals. 
One I will never eat, though, is the Displacer Beast. I love them too much. No, no. Know? Yeah, especially the kittens. They're so cute. Okay, so Gotta you... love Displacer Beast. So you'd eat a bullet. Yeah, yeah. I... You know what I think would be... I don't know if this is a really vanilla answer. I, I just... I wonder what an owlbear egg would taste like. Like, would it be any different? But I feel like the owlbear egg would be a component of, a, of another... Of a larger of dish. Of another dish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like... Like myconids, are, are they? No, because they're they're, pe- pretty, they're like they're, they're people. people. They're sentient, but myconids are consumed in delicious in dungeon. Um, okay, I mean, you know. uh, no. Okay, so then, are we adding the caveat of they they can't be like extremely sentient? You know, this is the part where morality unravels. You know, right? Oh God, I went straight for like, oh, that they are like a sentient beings. Yeah, okay. I want I want an owlbear egg as part of this meal. I don't think that Yeah, that's fine. I don't think that I could eat like a dragon. No, cuz they're a, they're people. They're sh- they're they're people. Yeah. But I feel like I could I feel like I could put together a meal with multiple creatures. Like I feel like an owlbear egg if I were to make like a breakfast, like an owlbear egg would be a part of that breakfast. And if I had like, um, uh, if I had a, um, if I had like a side salad, I might have, you know how like some ants actually have like, um, they have like an acidic, almost like a liquid that they can shoot. I feel okay. like I would use that to I make turn that like into a vinaigrette. some sort of vinaigrette for the salad, and that would come from like maybe like oh they're not in five e, but in second and third edition D anD D there were there were like a a creature they were called formians and they were like giant ants. It's like maybe I would oh, use like okay. maybe like uh, if formians generated some sort of like acidic. These aren't formians, right? This is different. No, no, these are formians. Yeah, formians. They're like ants. Um, then so I would maybe make a vinaigrette like there. Giants in the Underdark, whatever. Yeah, no, not not those. Yeah. And then I think the main, like, what would be the protein? Like, you got in my head now because I'm thinking, like, oh, what would I not? What feel does a mimic guilty? taste like? Tastes like whatever what you wanted. Does... No, because people would be like, oh, it tastes like chicken. Because I don't know. What does what... it though? Or does it taste like? Is okay. Does it's a Ooh, mimic? I have a turn... question. It's a mimic can turn into anything. If you eat a mimic. Does it taste like whatever you want it to taste like? Ooh, if the mimic looks like a chicken, it tastes does like chicken. it taste like a chicken? But if you but if it dies, that's a question that I if need it dies, answer. does it still stay in the form of a chicken? Right? I don't know. Like what I mean, ha- like you I mean, kill a mimic, mimic what's mimic its base that, state? That dies and it looks like a chest still looks like, like a, a chest. chest. Yeah, because mouth is all I open. I mean, it, it still has the teeth and shit. Yeah. But like. So you would have to. So so would the the best way to cook a mimic be to first you have to goad it into transforming into something you want to eat? Yeah, like a Wagyu cow. Right. But then why wouldn't you just eat Wagyu? You know how fucking expensive Wagyu is? But do you know how dangerous a mimic is? Listen. We've played Dark and Darker. I have one life. Okay. So, I fair. don't have a billion dollars. Okay, so then your answer would be, is it a bullet or is it a mimic? 
What, what would be your thing? I am more interested in the possibilities of what a mimic could taste like. Okay. I'm just, I am, I am burdened with terrible curiosity. Gotcha. So yours would be a mimic. I, I have said an owlbear egg. I've, I've made up this big complex dish, but honestly, you know what would be interesting? What does Tarasque taste like? I feel like nobody would have ever eaten a Tarasque. And if you had the opportunity, like if you had the opportunity, I just burped, sorry. If you had an opportunity to slay the Tarasque, would you not eat it? The most elite I of, feel of like meals, it would taste terrible. Elite. Like it's just too muscular. Too it's muscular? Too it's too tough. I don't know. Okay. Something that is so tough, it, its skin can turn away blades. What do you think it's going to do to your goddamn teeth? Yeah, but I mean, at that point, you might have the magic to process its meat. Ah, so I slow... I, I, yeah, maybe I you slow smoked, cook it. I, I slow cooked it for 30 years. Yeah, maybe. And it only broke yeah. one of my teeth. Maybe it's that exclusive of a meal. You, you are cooking it for the next generation. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't, I don't be curious about Tarasque, I, I, baby. I, 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 if I have to cook a Tarasque for the generation after me, I'll turn into a boomer so fast and not give a shit about the next generation. I, mean, I feel <laughs> like so there are more. a lot of easy answers because you could say, oh, any of the sort of like floral creatures will might taste good. Yeah. What does a vine blight taste like? Oh. Probably like a vine and not very good. Yeah, probably probably not very good. I don't know. I, I think like the idea of the most exclusive elite meal being the Tarasque could be interesting. What also does, just, I don't know. This is a tough question. What is, uh, you know, Rotha or whatever they're pronounced, like the big underdark uh, cows uh, in Baldur's Gate, R-O-T-H-E, Rotha? Yeah, those those big things. I feel like. Yeah. What, what is their what is their milk slash tea, teas? Cheese tastes like cheese. I don't know. If Maybe, they're just is big that your cows, meal? do they taste like cheese but bigger? I mean, they're they, they're just like giant, like bison, just like buffalo milk, buffalo cheese. Riding on a buffalo. Oh my god! If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting, one, but I feel like that is too similar to something. You know what? I'm not gonna hate on your. I'm not, I'm not gonna hate on your potential answers. I didn't realize we were hating on each other's answers. I'm not gonna try to. I'm not going to try to Are you trying to gatekeep all of my interests? I don't know. I'm I'm awful. I'm the worst. I want to eat the Tarasque. That that's it. I think it's going to break your teeth. Yeah, I I mean, you went for a bullet. They've got like a Yeah, thick... but that was purely for the joke of it's not that I'm going to make it like a soft shell crab because I'm softening it. I'm going to harden myself until the point where I can eat it. Or do you think you would use the bullet's carapace as the vessel to cook another thing? Yeah, that would make sense, right? The presentation would be interesting. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, I mean, it would it would it would be like it would be like a crab or a lobster where you serve it in the. I mean, keep in mind that is an unimaginable amount of food. Yeah, you're that's a lot the, of food. You're, you're feeding the village for you know three weeks. With I'm that, I'm but... gonna pull up the monster manual and I'm just gonna look through. Okay, I'll, you know, so will I. Yeah, like, <laughs> what does Vecna taste like? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those exclusive meals or like a, oh, I don't, I don't think a cockatrice would be very uh, palatable. Probably not. Probably I'm going to sort by monstrosities because that feels like the ones that are going to be some of the most interesting. 
I mean, you could eat like, uh, what about like a flump? No, they too they're cute, people. Though? No, they're, they're people. Yeah, okay. See, that's the thing. We we have to like, now are we sorting based on, you know, sentience? Ugh. Here's the thing. Flumps, people. A rock, not a people. Okay, but yeah. What about a... Uh... A frog hemoth? Ooh. Ooh, frog hemoth. Frog legs. Like frog's legs. Yeah, giant frog hemoth Frog legs. legs are so good. Yeah, they are. That'd mm. be a good one. That'd be a good one. I mean, obviously, there's the what Kraken. about a corrupted avatar of the Larue? Shout out to Candlekeep Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Love Candlekeep Mysteries. No bias whatsoever. None. Spirit uh, Naga. That's a person. That's the unspeakable yes. horror. Not a person. True. I think a. Uh, oh. What about like a hippogriff or a griffin? Too gamey. They're just like um, all might muscle. Be too gamey. That's the thing, right? Is that like Pegasus? No, they're too smart. The Pegasi are basically people. Yeah. Oh, they have an intelligence of ten, but they're wise. That's more they than a, that's they more than most 15 people. Wisdom. That's true. Uh. Yeah. I I'm I can't eat a creature, a, a being that can look at me with disappointment. True. God. I, and I don't want just like a vanilla answer. I was just looking through the core monster manual. What about if we look at monsters of the multiverse? All of, I don't know. This, see, this is a tough one. Nope, I was going to, nope. Can't what about that. a basilisk? I feel like that would be interesting. Yeah. I feel like that could be really interesting. Or if you want like a, what about a um I forgot about a flail snail. Like card <gasps> a flail snail. I, I feel like that'd I, be cool. I listen, I don't I like that'd be cool. something about uh escargot conceptually turns me off. Not because really? I think that snails it's not because I think that snails should not be eaten. I just there's something squidgy about it that I, I don't know. Oh, escargot is um, so good though. It's just butter. Um yeah, yeah I feel like a fine. flail snail would be good. I like the frog hemoth leg idea. I think that would be a good one. Um uh, yeah, I don't know. I now I just feel weird about eating certain things. Yeah, I just um. What about? No, mm. never mind. I would like That's to gross. eat the elder brain. Um, oh God, <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. I I I think the the answer I feel most comfortable with is the frog hemoth leg. That seems like a really safe bet. That's a, I think that's a safe answer because we, we've we've done the community a service by hunting the frog hemoth, and we are now feeding the community. My uh, my players fought our frog hemoth. It was so fun. I have I, one of those frog hemoth minis. It's so cool. Yeah, so do I. I painted it up. I instead of doing the green, I did uh, more like I wanted it to be more Feywild because they found it in a Feywild spot. Oh, okay, cool. And like the natural grass and like coloration of vegetation was more of a purplish maroon red right and so to blend in uh it was also a maroonish red that'd be um, cool the, the the surface of the waters were more like a wine purple and so i made it like that Ooh, yeah it was cool. i like that i like that um also, what about a zorbo a zorbo no zorbo looks scary it, mm. it, lo it, it looks too scary i don't know there are in the uh 
Morgan Canaan's uh, book, there are four types of cattle. So, but I think those are too easy. Like the answers there are too easy. Yeah. I don't think, or, oh, dinosaurs. Eat a dinosaur. Would you eat a dinosaur in D&D? I feel like we could eat yeah. a dinosaur. Yeah, I would. I feel like I don't, uh, I don't see the issue in that. Yeah. God, too many options. But then some of them are, are a little weird. But anyways, we are we are running out of time, <laughs> Drew. Um, <laughs> um, Drew, we are going to see each other at Big Bad Con, and we are going to record multiple episodes of No Dice, No Problem there. Are we going to do No Dice, No Problem episodes with guests? Yeah, of course. I think we should. Um, we're also going to be recording Asians Represent episodes there. So... Folks, if you you know want to collaborate, if you're a podcaster and you want to you know record some content there, I know that uh, Navar and I were talking about doing some stuff at Big Bad Con. Um, if anybody wants to do some collabs at Big Bad Con, no dice, no problem. Asians represent. Hit us up. If you've got a story about an encounter with the supernatural, also hit us up. We want to know about your experiences. Will this turn into a ghost hunting show? Who knows? Maybe depends. Will we get I would love to do Home a series Depot. where we do like weird history across Ooh. the across North America uh, and do like ghost investigations alongside. Like we do like two or two different shows, but we do the same track for the ease of, you know, whatever. See, you know what I think is a, a great show pitch. It is a travel like a travel channel show yeah. for gamers. And each episode haunts you- arcades. <laughs> no, each episode is about like a cryptid or a creature that's inspired that inspired yeah. like a piece yeah. of you know legendary D D content. I feel like that would be the pitch. Nobody's Legends. gonna be like Legends you would go. used to be GameStop here and now it's haunted. Yeah, stonks. Uh no, I feel like that would be a cool one, like going around and learning about like the supernatural and stuff, but then tying it to the game and then talking about the history and how you know depictions of said entity have changed over time and I'm into this. pop culture. Yeah. I think this is a great idea. Um, I, I also do. So, hey, travel channel. Crypt- crypto gameology. Ooh. I feel Ooh. like, yeah. Listen, if someone can call something archaeo gaming, we can call it crypto gameology. We just call it IRL. That's the show. You know what? You know, that's IRL actually, is a great, I think is that's a a good, great name. I think that's a good name, right? I'm not really good at names, um, but I think that one is really good. We call the series IRL. It's a travel show. You and I go to a, like a... a we travel all over North America or maybe all over the world. We talk about, you know, creatures that have become a big part of pop culture. We, we look at their cultural roots. We eat some good food. And then we talk to a local game designer. Boom. This has been the Yeti IRL. IRL.